You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 49 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the awesome Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? I'm good. I'm exhausted, but I'm good. (laughs) Well, we've just spent three days shooting with each other. Well, actually, I was shooting Gina shooting in a sense. Uh, well, what, so what we were doing were, was we were filming, actually, and we were filming an upcoming course that Gina will be releasing on how to pose when you're doing portrait photography. And I have to say, I know I'm biased, but it's going to be incredible. Uh, Gina just reveals so many of her tips and tricks and, uh, you know, she already does that in this podcast, but she reveals even more and because we filmed it, she's able to show everyone, you know, exactly what she means in terms of how to pose people and or how to pose yourself and uh, I'm just so excited, Gina. It was exciting. It was so much fun. And like you were the director, Val, and the producer. You had your clipboard (laughs) and uh, you were bringing out the good performances. Like you were like a little Spielberg there on set, weren't you? (laughs) Spielberg. We we had, and of course, just like any set, we had a few moments. We did. (laughs) But, you know, no moments moments that couldn't be saved with some Nutella cronuts. We had a lot of that, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Gina brought them on set and I have to say, they, they 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 were our salvation in some instances and croissants that were like chocolate like those ones were pretty good too we had a different one every day and tracy who was on set with us like she loved to photograph the food before she eats it that's her <laughs> thing isn't it did Funny she get that. that from you is that just the culture at the australian writer center no she, she 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 just does that she does that a lot she photographs um she's She's always photographing a food. I photograph my coffee, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's about food, but you know mm. what? She's a pretty good food photographer. Yeah, I know. she's not bad. She styles the food. Like, she's not just taking snaps. She was lighting her shots. Yes, that's she's right. She's bringing them onto set and finding the best light and the best angle and making it look amazing so that, and then we could all eat it. Yes, then yes, then we did the important thing and that was eat it. I think there was also cruffins, which is some kind of cross between a croissant and a muffin as well. Amazing. So And there was a, a jar, a huge jar of Nutella huge. that was on set for the whole time that I took home. Yes. And my daughter and I, we polished that jar off the big jar, not the huge jar, but like the kilo jar, two days. <laughs> Oh my God, are you serious? Two days, the two of us. <laughs> and ridiculous. now it's banned from the house for yeah. a little while. Did you feel sick? 
I felt so good. It's so I was actually disappointed when the jar went away, but it's like you can't, I can't have it in the house. I have no control, mm. Val. So now we're in the process, of course, of um, editing the course together because it's going to be a cracker of a course and we just can't wait to launch it. We don't have an exact date yet, but we will definitely keep you posted via the podcast and of course via Gina's website. Uh, And if you haven't yet, uh, the the first people probably to know, in addition to you, our favourite podcast listeners, will be people who subscribe to Gina's newsletter. So make sure you sign up for that and that uh, you can do that at Gina's website, Gina Militia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And uh, do sign up to the newsletter because anyone who's a subscriber to the newsletter will you know, be getting a special notification and a special deal. So, um, but let's move on to what we've got lined up this week, Gina. You want to talk about uh, something that's gone a little bit viral, hasn't it, this week? Well, Yeah, it's gone crazy. So I uh, did a blog post for the Digital Photography School who, uh, as most of you know, I uh, blog for them. I've also uh, released four books uh, uh, with them and I've got my fifth one coming out in January. But I did a blog post on uh, cropping and it's been out for two days, a couple of days, Val, and it's uh, up to about ten and a half thousand shares. Well, that's which is just incredible. Blows my mind. Brilliant, brilliant, and uh, a that's whole lot of crop. A lot of crop. I've got a whole heap of these. Don't worry, there's more. (laughs) And and of course, this episode, we're going to be talking about cropping as well. So, But before we get onto that, there's a video that's been going around that you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So um, several people have... uh, emailed, posted in the Facebook group or, or texted me a link uh, to uh, a, a, a documentary that was done where uh, six photographers were asked to photograph the same person, mm-hmm. right, the same model. And uh, the twist in the story is they were each told something different about the person. They were giving a, a, given a different story. Like one of them was told they were photographing an ex-convict. Someone else was told that he was a psychic, or he was a recovering drug addict or a billionaire, you know, mm-hmm. with some of the examples. And what was really interesting was how different all the portraits were right? Mm. And so it got me thinking about a few things. It's like, how much of ourselves are we putting into our portraits, mm. right? How it, affect, how it affects the portrait that we take and um, how much of ourselves should we be putting into each portrait and is that important and what is what makes a pure portrait? So it's brought up all these sort of uh, thoughts in, in, in my mind and, and just a couple of thoughts that I'd like to share because a few yeah. people in the Facebook group have asked me what my thoughts on, on that whole documentary were. So first of all, it's like, Oh, you know how I would have loved to have seen this doco be really be done to make it a really controlled kind of doco is if, is if they just told them one story about the guy. It said, say, he's yes. an ex-con, everybody photograph him and then see what happens. But yes. the fact that they all got told something different, they all did 
like the right thing by that. They all took extraordinary portraits, I thought. They all had like 10 minutes mm. and they all did – that. the shots looked very, very different. So, like, I think if it was more a controlled group and everyone just, like, photographed him as an ex-con or a yeah. psychic, then it would have really showed what goes on uh, when you photograph someone. But a, a few of my thoughts on that is, like, I think that, like um, – how you are as a person and what you believe, like whether you're an optimist or a pessimist or an introvert or an extrovert or how you perceive the world is going to have a huge impact on how you how your portraits look. So if you're a positive person, I think you're going to always look for the good in another person and bring that out of them. Mm. Okay, but if you're perhaps more of a pessimist or a dark, darker in your thinking, then you're going to actually recognise the shadow side of someone, and so your portraits might reflect that. And you know, both sides are a good thing because you're going to see different things in the different people that you photograph. Um, the other thing is like the beliefs that you have and what how you've been brought up are going to affect how you see people. Like I know Val. Mm. that if someone asked me to photograph sexy women in lingerie or mm. bathing suits, I can't really do it mm. because all my role models are like, you know, have been really strong women. And when it comes to photo, I'm a bit prudish when it <laughs> comes to that sort of thing. And I think my personal belief is I think that women look really sexy and strong when they're clothed. And, and sexy to me is about how the hair moves or the light on their face, you know, or that sort of thing. But you, seem to, you seem to have no problem photographing sexy men, men in their yeah. underwear or with no shirts. So this is a specialty of mine because I, I see men as like in that way and I think I can bring it out of them. But then there you get a Sports Illustrated photographer or a Victoria's Secrets photographer and that's their specialty and that's how they see women and so that they can photograph them in that way. So mm. I think how, how you see other people is also going to have uh, an influence. And if you just look at like some of the most iconic people that have been photographed over the last couple of hundred years, like take Marilyn Monroe, for an example, mm. you can go and have a look in the archive of shots of her and you can see like hundreds of different ways that she's been photographed. Like I've seen images of her where she looks like like the bombshell, sexy, gorgeous, but then there's, there's photographers that have captured her looking um, really quite demure and like, a, like an intelligent, because she was quite bookish as a woman and they've captured that side of her. So, you know, there's all these different ways, depending on the photographer and how they feel and, and, and what their thoughts are. And on of uh, certain stereotypes are they will capture they've captured her in all these different styles so um it's it's a really different and and also like it's that decisive moment when you choose to um take the shot you know is going to also have an impact the angle that you choose like if you go low you're going to make someone look heroic if you shoot from above you're going to make them look softer 
and mm. different. The, the, the lens choice, the depth of field you choose, how you post-process everything, which is all the choice of the photographer, Val, is mm. going to – and how you light it. You can light it dark, you can light it soft, you know, and uh, bright is going to have a, an effect on the whole portrait. And then it's got me wondering, you know, what is a pure portrait? And I kind of think, you know what the purest portrait of all is? What's that? The selfie. <laughs> Because there's no one else involved and it's you taking the shot. But again, it's going to be the mood you're in on that day when you take that photo. Is go- and so I invite everyone listening to, to, to share your thoughts on, on uh, what you think of this. I'll be really interested to hear about it. Awesome. Okay. Well, let's move on to um, our iTunes review. We want to give a shout out to Laurie Bockelkin. Thank you so much for leaving us a rating um, and a review on iTunes. Laurie has said, I finally took the well-deserved time to come and figure out how to rate your fabulous show. (laughs) Thank you, Laurie. (laughs) I've been a lover of Gina Militia Photography before this podcast began, so you can imagine my excitement at the birth of this cast. I've learned so much and have enhanced my photography because of it. I love Valerie's questions and wonderings of how to accomplish types of photographs, which seem to be the same wonderings I have had as a budding photographer. And where does one go to get such answers that float around my head? Right here every Thursday morning as I begin my drive to work at 6am. It's a great weekend uh, to my week and prepares me for my weekend practice of photos. I love you both and cannot thank you enough. Laurie Bockelkin of LM Rose Photography. And she says, moi, at the end. Well, moi, uh, back moi, to you. back, Laurie. Yeah, we're driving into work with you now. So love just it. watch out for that truck. Slow down a bit <laughs> there and uh, <laughs> enjoy the drive. Thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And um, uh, if you do have 30 seconds to leave us a review on rating uh, or rating on iTunes, we'd um, – be so thankful because that does help us the more reviews and ratings there are that actually helps us in the rankings in itunes and it's been really interesting there are people from all over the world the great majority are actually in the u.s who are listening Mm -hmm. to us so it's interesting that you are happy to listen to a couple of aussie girls (laughs) talk about photography um the second biggest country is australia and also in the uk and other places in the world and of course we would love to see you inside the facebook group it's called so so you want to be a photographer podcast community uh, we'll put the link in the show notes um as well but you can just search for so you want to be a photographer podcast community and it's great i love seeing everyone's photos there and um you don't have to share photos you can just comment on photos as well um totally up to you but um it'd be great to see you in there because gina and i are in there a lot a lot but late let, at night, Val. Yeah, because often, often it's late at night, actually. Yeah. Um, so sometimes some of our comments might, uh, may or may not make sense. And I must admit, I was a bit absent last week because we were so busy filming, but, you know, back into it now. We're back in now, yes. So I'm excited about this week's uh, topic now. It is about cropping. Now, Gina's called it, of course, in true Gina style, yeah. talking crop. Yeah, cropping on. <laughs> Yeah, she wants to crop on. But um, I am interested because I have to say, I reckon maybe 15 years ago when I was first started getting into photography and I was doing courses, I was, you know, processing my own film, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that I was quite a good cropper. But I somehow lost my cropping mojo. I don't know how or when or why. 
but mm. I think I lost my cropping mojo. I'm I'm still good when it comes to the layout. Once it's in a, laid out in a magazine, yeah. I totally get where to crop. But somehow I've lost my cropping mojo when I've actually taken the photos. And so this is really timely uh, episode and because I, I want to get it back. <laughs> so, so you're talking after the fact, Val, so you've taken the shot and then you're not no, sure where to it's crop. It's even cropping in frame. I've lost my cropping mojo in frame. Right. Yeah. I can do it once I'm, I'm, I've got – I know where it's going to go. I'm a really good cropper on that front. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. It's crop, Val. <laughs> at that point, I'm full of crop. <laughs> yeah. But I find it hard to know where to take the crop. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In, in frame. So, look, where, does it, where do we start with this topic? So, this is something, Val, so, so as you know, and I think a lot of people listening know, because I've talked about this before, like I'm self-taught with my photography. So, this is something that's been trial and error, but like I've come to realise that there is actually certain cropping rules that mm-hmm. have been around as well that you can follow that actually make a huge difference to how a shot works. And so, what for me, it was like just a lot of trial and error and studying the work of my favorite photographers Mm. um, that taught me uh, how where you crop can have a huge visual impact on on how how, uh, the images look. And Mm. for me, what I'm looking at when I crop my images is how much the crop will flatter the portrait, Mm -hmm. okay? So I want my, my models the, the, the point where I focus, I want to elongate their bodies and make them look as beautiful and elegant as possible. And so, um, so th- like the rules, when it comes to rules, they can all be broken, okay? Mm. But it's good to know the rules first. So you can look back in history. There's artists who like break all the rules and get away with it. Like, you know, Picasso and Vincent van Gogh, like their their style of art is not, a, you know, they broke every rule in the how to paint book, mm. right, in their time. And at the time they were mocked and ridiculed. But like, you know, now that their work is like, you know, people, look, the critics look at their work as like, it's amazing. But like mm. they knew how to do the traditional style of art first. So um, it's okay to crop in a way that you feel uh, suits your portrait style, but I think it's a good idea to kind of have an understanding of what the basic rules are first. Okay. All right. So, and like when it comes to my shooting, lighting, posing and post-production style, they've all developed and evolved over the years, but how I crop my images, that's actually remained fairly similar over the years. I haven't really changed it much. So um, shall we have a chat about like what I look for and and my cropping rules and what I do? Yeah, what are the rules? So that's why I'm... That's what I'm waiting for. What are the rules? So, so, so stop cropping on Gina and get to the point. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> so, so basically, uh, the first thing that I think is really important is crop, try and learn to crop in camera. And, mm. and so one thing that a lot of, uh, new photographers do when they're starting out is they will take a shot that's kind of loose because you're not kind of sure mm. what it is that you're trying to you know create in the shot so you might shoot a bit wider and a bit looser than it is necessary um 
The problem with this is, the, and then you might crop after the fact, like what you do, uh, Val. So mm. you'll crop after you've taken the shot. Did the, you just call me by your son's name? I did, actually. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I've got him on my mind for some reason. <laughs> I have not seen the kids for so long that I miss them. <laughs> okay. Anyway, go on. So when... Um, when you crop your images in camera, they're going to look totally uh, uh, different to when they're, they're cropped in frame. Yes. Basically, um, if you take a shot, and I've put an example in the show notes of a, a shot that, uh, that I've uh, shown the crop and, the, and, and how much of the area of the frame that you uh, – that'll be taken up with the crop compared to like the full image. So what happens is uh, when you're, um, f if you fill the frame, you're actually moving in, you're a lot closer to the subject. Let's, uh, let's stop here because I think we need to clarify some terminology for some of the newer listeners um, because maybe I even used the wrong terminology earlier. Can you please make a distinction between what you mean by crop in camera and crop in frame? So cropping in camera basically means you compose your image exactly how you want your final crop to look. So yes. you are shooting your image exactly how you want it to be, the yes. final result, yep. right? Yep. So and then if you're cropping um, in post, you're actually taking a looser shot and then cropping the image down to how you want it to look. If so what's cropping in frame? So cropping in frame is uh, cropping in camera is you're actually doing yep. this thing. Okay. So cropping uh, when, you, when you're saying cropping in frame or cropping in camera, in camera, cropping in camera, you're referring to the same thing? Yes. Okay. So the advantage of cropping in camera is it doesn't affect your file size. So if you uh, crop in post-production, like if, you're ta if it's a loosely framed image, say you've got a guy – right, lying on the beach and you've cropped him um, at the thigh and you've got a bit of background behind him and then you decide that you want to do a tight crop into his head, mm. right, just like a head and shoulders portrait, that might only end up being 20 to 30% of the frame yep. or of your file size, which yep. means if you've got, say, your final image is 30 megabytes, yep. you could reduce that down to 9 megabytes. I did math there, Val. Did you see <laughs> I did that by myself without even getting the calculator out or using my fingers? Yeah, okay. So what happens there is you actually end up with a lower resolution image, which is yeah. fine on, on screen. It's, no mm -hmm. one's going to notice. But if you want to try and print that, you're going to have like uh, it's going to be a lot grainier. And the other thing is it might be softer. It'll look softer, which mm. is not as sharp as a full-size, full-res image. So, um, and the other thing is, I'm not sure if I explained this earlier, but when you're, when you're cropping in camera, you're filling the frame. So say you've got a, a three-quarter shot of someone and you move in and crop in camera to get head and shoulders, mm. you're closer to the subject which means that the look of the image is going to be totally different because the background is going to be thrown out of focus more mm. and you'll get more bokeh that way and, mm. uh, you know, of course, a sharper image and you've filled the frame. So the, the, the two look completely different. So that they're two really good reasons to uh, crop in camera. Okay. Rule number one, crop in camera. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. So the next rule is to watch where you crop. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I have also included in the show notes a, a sort of a diagram where I've put in colour the cropping lines where for good crop and they're blue and in red I've put points where I think are bad crop. The thinking behind good cropping and bad cropping is whether or not the image uh, is visually jarring. If you crop in the wrong spot, it can be uh, visually jarring. And that means uh, you might be, uh, and a really good example is uh, is cropping off people's hands mm. to make them look stumpy, Val. Mm. Or mm. cropping at someone's waist, right? Yeah. You're cutting their body in half or cropping through ankles. So if you've got, um, say you've got like a full-length portrait of someone and you want to crop it to three-quarter, if you crop at three-quarter through their wrist line, so Mm. say the person's got their hands by by their side and you crop out their hands, it's going to make them look really stumpy. Mm. But if you just uh, lengthen the crop a little bit and allowed their hands to still be in the shot and you kind of go mid-thigh, it actually gives the visual illusion that you've uh, elongated the body and it's a lot cleaner and neater as a Mm. shot. That's a very good point about the whole hands thing because a couple of months ago, or a few months ago now, I was directing a guy because he wanted to get his shots done. And I, I, you know, I had Gina Malisha in my, uh, I was channeling Gina and I was showing him how to sit and, you know, showing him how to pose really. And I have to say he looked fantastic because also he was a good looking guy and the shot looked absolutely awesome it was a sitting shot and his hands were sort of in a certain position um but uh i get his newsletter every freaking two weeks now and he's used the shot but he's chopped off his hands and so i'm reminded of it every single time it lands in my inbox and it drives me absolutely bonkers and i'm like you just needed to crop low up (laughs) anyway but yes, the hands is a big a one. Difference. But if you have a look, um, Val, at uh, just have a look at uh, magazine covers over the years, mm-hmm. you can see that like cropping styles have actually evolved over the years. Like I actually, in the show notes, I've put uh, some Vogue covers over the years, like mm. from the 1940s and 50s, where the, the crop was actually really loose. And uh, you can see there was a lot more headspace. But the, the trend now, and you would have noticed, this particularly if it's a headshot on the cover Mm. you can see uh there's not a lot of space around models anymore and um like uh the editor will be happy to really crop tight into people's faces and Mm. even crop into the into the forehead as well yes and fill the frame with the shot and if you compare like a cover from like today or in the last 10 years to one that was taken in the 50s visually they're just far more attractive they just look stronger and more dynamic because you're filling the frame and they 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 just appear more confident yeah you know sure just knowing how to when to crop Mm. right so 
Next rule, Val. So yes. let, let's just um, let's just break down like the, those uh, lines to crop for for people who who are not seeing this. Um, as a general rule, when I mm. crop again, I want to elongate and flatter the body. So, mm. um, cropping at the knees, waist, elbows, through through the joints of the fingers, mm. um, or ankles or wrists are going to make your model look stumpy. Mm. So. But cropping um, sort of uh, mid-arm, mid-thigh, uh, and across the neck, people make that mistake where they'll, cr- they'll crop across the line of the neck. So you've just sort of got this head that's just floating there yep. as well. Is, is not, is, it's jarring to look yep. at. So you want to allow, like really importantly, under the chin, you want to allow always crop uh, a fair way under the chin because that elongates the neck as well mm. and um, crop mid-thigh through the arm and uh, avoid all the major joints of the body, mm. basically. Mm-hmm. Another really, really good trick is if you've got a model who is concerned about the size of their arms, mm-hmm. crop long-wise, long, long ways through mm-hmm. their arm. So um, crop vertically. I'll crop so that half the arm is not in the shot. Then you can crop half the arm and visually that gives the illusion that the arms are thinner. It's a really good little hack. It's a good one. Yeah, so and you I use that all the time. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> so, so there, there are a few. Um, and again, if you want, there's a, a couple of diagrams there that that that'll help you with that. Where I've uh, coloured in. Uh, and all of the course, ex- you'll find the show notes at ginamilitia.com. Okay, so next rule, Val, yes. the rule of thirds. Oh, yes, yes. We, yes so um, to make your image uh, more visually pleasing, uh, you, you can divide the image up into uh, thirds, mm-hmm. uh, top third, third, middle and uh, bottom. And as a general rule, I try and crop so that the eyes of it, like say I'm doing a headshot of someone and it's uh, head and shoulders, I want the eyes to be in the top third of the frame. Mm. And if you if you look again, you go back to fashion magazines, they've even pushed that further now and the eyes will be uh, higher up, so higher up in the top third of the frame where they used to be like sort of bang on. the the third of the frame but as a general rule that's what I go for so the top third of the frame for the eyes and um, you can then if you want to go a bit harder with the crop and uh, have more of a fashion crop Mm. you uh, leave uh, you can have them in the higher up and leave leaving a lot of room under the chin to give that illusion of the long neck Mm-hmm. And it just makes a more uh, visually appealing shot. All right? Yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about, Val, is yes. um, giving your clients options. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, and we've uh, we've we've uh, uh, talked about this when I've been shooting you, Val, because nowadays it's not like it used to be that we'd shoot for uh, it'd be magazines or books or things mm. like that, and so the format was always vertical, mm. and so my camera was always 
set to shoot vertical and maybe a double page spread would yep. be horizontal, but it'd be a rare thing. Mm. But nowadays you've got to think about like not only could the shots appear in a magazine or go on a wall, but mostly vertical, um, but but you've got like all the social media sites. So we've got like it might be a banner, but the background shot on Facebook or it might be a banner ad or a, a social media profile pic where it could be square, yeah. it could be horizontal or it could be vertical. So nowadays, Val, I shoot both vertical yeah. and horizontal. Yeah. And I'm always thinking about, okay, what's the image going to be used for? And potentially this could be uh, I could have the model in the left-hand side of the frame and I might leave the right-hand side, the right-hand two-thirds of the frame empty Mm. for text or other images to go. Or I might shoot the other way where it's uh, the the model sits on the right-hand side of the frame and then you allow text to to, to go the other way. But what's uh, your editorial rules, Val, when you're shooting people to go in magazine spreads? What sort of formats are you looking for? Because I know there's distinct rules where where you're thinking about if you've got a plainish background and a person Mm. there. There's certain styles that you guys love because you know that you can put text yeah, absolutely. So what's that? Do you want to talk us through some yeah, of that? Yeah, for sure. So basically, if you're shooting somebody and there's potential that it might be in a magazine, and you know what? Even if there's not potential, uh, shoot it this way anyway because then they might have the nous or you know pro- proactiveness to, to pitch it to a magazine. They, it might get in. So um, if you do shoot vertically and you do have somebody, say, against a – a wall of a building or, uh, you know, something like that, then if it's a, try not to do something that's like a brick wall if it's, if, if it's, um, if it's, if there's going to be a lot of the brick. If you're doing a tighter shot, a brick wall is fine because it's a nice texture and that sort of thing. But if not, try to shoot it against like a plain wall, not plain like boring grey cubicle office, but you might have a plain yellow wall or a plain, um, you know, uh, light blue wall or something like that. And if you're shooting vertically, have the person on the side and have a, just a lot of blank space, really, the wall in on on if you do the rule of thirds, the person is one third and two thirds is the plain wall. Because yep. as an editor, I look at, I salivate over a, <laughs> a photo like that because I can use that as a full page bleed and, can I, and I can write the story or the headline in the blank two thirds. Mm. Even better then, turn your camera horizontal and shoot it, shoot it full frame so that, shoot it horizontally so that the person is only one sixth of the you know the image and I can then use as an editor if that's if they if it's a strong enough image and the person is interesting enough I love the fact that it's this blank wall because I can use that as a DPS a double page spread and that gives me even more room to write a fancy headline and start the first few paragraphs of a story probably on the right hand page yeah and even better yeah. is when you shoot somebody um, potentially with a cover in mind. So that is where you shoot somebody, and it will be vertical in that case because covers yep. are typically vertical, yep. and you must leave enough space on the top of their head for the masthead yep. and enough space on either side of them 
uh, for the cover lines because mm. that's you know when you read cover lines when you go to the supermarket and you see this co- the cover lines ha- actually go usually on the sides of the person but what's really important here is that the background that you shoot on ideally it's not boring gray or boring you guys think about gray Val. <laughs> only because hey? i'm looking at a gray wall at the moment yeah, 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 but yeah. it can't be like a boring um just single color ideally if you're shooting a lifestyle shot and it's outdoors the background is such that firstly it, it don't shoot uh, with trees and greenery because that is might be a beautiful shot but it's very hard to put cover lines on it's very hard mm-hmm. to put words and text over because it's it's very dappled and it's very varied you need something where um the depth of field is such that it's it, you can see of course there is a background but it's so blown out and that ideally it's light or dark by ideally yep. light not not sort of light at the top and dark at the bottom because yep. then your cover lines you know, look really weird. Uh, if it's if it's light, then we can put darker cover lines on it. And if yep. it's darker, then we can put lighter cover lines on it. But usually the lighter colors are better for the covers. So yeah, the, your cropping when it comes to whether you get published in magazines is absolutely critical, which is why yep. I suppose, yeah, I have the eye when it comes to the actual magazine placement. Yeah. I'm just a bit cropped in <laughs> in camera but thanks for asking Gina no they're, they're great points and good to know so basically what I do is uh sort of having your voice in my head now see you return the favor is uh when I'm shooting anyone it's like yes I shoot every shot like it's going to be a cover mm. and a potential spread and then I supply my clients with options so once I've set up my shot and I've got the pose and the vibe and the look right, it it only takes a few extra minutes to go, okay, stay there. I'm going to do a vertical wide option. Yep. I'm going to do a horizontal wide option. And then I'm going to crop in and get the actual shot that I had in my mind's eye where mm-hmm. it's a tight crop and that shot might be the hero uh, inside uh, the actual, you know, story itself yes. as part of the spread. But then there's – it like because if you just do that crop that you've got in, in your mind and, and that's all great – you, you don't give them any options to maybe it could have been a cover or it could have been a six-page spread yeah. had you have given them all these options. And I do that for each setup as well. So, there's you know, they've got lots to choose from. And it works, Val, because I end up getting – like more pages. Absolutely. And and some people might think, oh, but won't it just depend on whether the story is interesting? No. No. The magazine editors make decisions very much on the quality of the photography. And if you um, – if you've got a fantastic shot, you will get more pages. So yeah. the other day, I, um, one of my stories is currently in um, the Virgin In Flight magazine. Yeah. And, um, you know, I wrote a decent story, but they got a even more decent photo. So the photo is, the, is basically the story and they cut my story, the actual words what? of the story, to oh. like 250 words because the photo is so amazing yeah. that they think that that is – you know, more interesting than my story. Well, there you go. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, it worked for the photographer, didn't it? Yes, exactly, because, yeah, he, he or she supplied a fantastic shot. Yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, that's great advice too. Um, all right, so my next uh, rule, Val, crop with confidence. Okay. Okay, so when I'm um, shooting 
and and cropping or if I'm cropping in camera or in post, the thing that goes through my mind is when I'm cropping is does this crop look deliberate or does it look like a mistake? Mm. Okay, because if you sort of crop in a sort of namby-pamby, <laughs> weak kind of a way, just into the top of the head, right? Um, it looks right. like I've missed. I, I, I was <laughs> not thinking yes. clearly and I kind of just missed my crop and I've just skimmed the top of the head <laughs> and that frustrates me. It looks like, does it look like a mistake? And <laughs> so I've given examples where I've got a girl and she's standing very strong pose and I've just cropped into her head and I've just cropped into her elbow and it looks like I wasn't paying attention and I mm. slipped with the camera. Okay, but then I've got an example where I've been more decisive in my crop Mm. and I've cropped right just above her eyebrows Mm. and it looks like I cropped like I meant it. Yes. So crop like you mean it. Okay, got it. (laughs) Don't be afraid of going in for the crop. Don't be afraid. And so, you know, use all these suggestions that we're giving as a starting point and then develop your own style because how you crop actually is as big a part of your style as the lens, the camera, the post-production and how you pose your your models as well. So don't be afraid to experiment because it's like you've seen how the covers have evolved over the years. Like, you know, if someone was cropping into the head in the 50s, they would have been laughed at. It's like, that's wrong. Mm. But today we look at it and it's like it's, it's, it's great. So there's no reason why we can't push that even further. Actually, Brad Pitt, who I hope he listens to the show, if you're listening, Brad, hi, he's an avid <laughs> photographer right yeah and um he's been what's wrong with that he could be listening Val yeah of course I heard yeah just like my what honey Brendan say, Fraser is listening um, he's an avid photographer too. you're funny with your taste in men <laughs> so are you what's wrong, what's wrong with, with Brad? What, I was just gonna say what's wrong with <laughs> Brendan Fraser I don't like him much. you're kidding what I don't know you've got to be joking Brad, I like, look at him. I mean, really. He's just so typical. He's He's so, anyway. So, anyway, Brad is, has Angie to photograph. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? That's a tough gig. Yeah, tough. I I, I wish I could find the shot because I'll put a link in the show notes, but he did a shot of uh, Angie where he cropped into her chin Mm -hmm. because he wanted to photograph her lips. Oh, yeah. And I looked at that shot and I'm like, it works, Brad. (laughs) <laughs> it works. There's a couple of things he's doing with his post-production. Lighting could improve. Brad, call me. I'm here. Join the <laughs> Facebook group, actually. And uh, there's a lot of great people in there that could probably really help him. So yeah. so there are, there are times when you can break those rules and they do work. So don't be afraid to just, you know, try a few out. And Brendan, call me. Like, I won't tell you anything about photography or cropping, but call me anyway. <laughs> All right. So I have to say one of the things I've taken away from one of the, from what you've said is uh, the crop with confidence. Not so much crop with confidence, crop, but don't be afraid to go in for the crop. I have to say that I am very tentative sometimes in chopping someone's forehead off. Yeah. But it looks, it can look great. It can look great. can look great. So I'm going to do that a bit more often now. And so you just want to watch out for stuff that's jarring, Val. 
okay? So, or it looks untidy. And there are times when you can apply the actual cropping rules and think you're doing the right thing, but it might be that an item of clothing that the model's mm. wearing could could now make that crop look, uh, look, look jarring or wrong. So if someone's wearing, say, three-quarter sleeves mm. and you crop just under where the sleeve is and 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 it's according to the cropping rules you've cropped through through the middle of the arm where you should right mm. middle of the forearm and but there's just a little bit of skin between the crop line and where the shirt ends yeah that crop's going to look untidy so you might want to then just like break the cropping rules a little bit and crop into the fabric instead so that you don't see the skin and then it looks like a much neater crop. So mm. keep that in mind as well when you're cropping. Like you might have a, a, a woman who's wearing like a, a three-quarter skirt, right? Mm. And if you crop to the, to the right line, you're going to see a little bit of skin just under the skirt. That's going to look untidy. But if you crop just a, a few millimetres higher so that you don't see the skin, visually that shot's going to start to look more appealing. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right? All right. What else? So I just thought I'd actually uh, throw in uh, a couple of cropping suggestions for um, lifestyle, like landscapes and things like that as well, uh, because we've just talked about portraits. So Mm. um, in the show notes, I've got an image that I took uh, in Venice at dawn last year. You wake up so early. I do. I was up actually, I don't. I think I got up like two hours before dawn that morning mm. and I had my Fitbit on mm. and that, that, that for 24 hours I clocked up, like I had a record, it was 27,000 steps or something oh that God. day. Okay. That's impressive. So okay. I took this shot and uh, so it's basically where the gondolas are looking out. I, I think that's St. Mark's in the background. I'm not sure, but there's sort of one of those churchy buildings in the background. <laughs> Famous Italian building. Famous Italian, <laughs> yes. you know, building there. And um, th- there's uh, like some birds in the sky and the uh, horizon line and, and everything. So the rule of third ap- uh, applies. But the uncropped image itself that I've put into the show notes looks a little bit sloppy. It was early, Val. It's not that bad, but there's things that I can improve on. So basically when I took the shot – I I had my um, horizon line dead square in the middle because Mm. I am a portrait photographer and Mm. sometimes I don't see these things. I'm too busy going, oh, my God, there's birds. I've got to get them. Look at the sky. It's amazing. So um, I I cropped this in post. And so basically, uh, and there was a lot going on in the right-hand side of the frame, which was kind of untidy and unnecessary. So... So basically, there's I've I've cropped it in two different ways to to show the wow. example of what happens, and basically uh, the first example is where I've um, cropped into uh, you can see where I've cropped into the actual gondolas, and uh, left the horizon line in the middle, and the whole shot is a little jarring and and looks. Um, 
it looks wrong and I've left all the guff on the side, the right-hand side of the frame. So it's really busy on the right-hand side of the frame. I've cropped into the gondolas and there aren't any clean lines that lead you through the shot. But you can take the same shot and crop so the horizon line sits in the top third of the frame and I've allowed space to have to see the edge of the gondolas so you see the line and I've cropped out all the guff to the right hand side of the frame and now visually the image uh, flows and it looks it's not jarring like Vegemite and chocolate combined jarring valve to the palette isn't it never thought about photography they brought it out but you know these things jar so so when you're looking at your portraits you want them and and your uh, landscape lifestyle shots you want to sort of keep all the images that help the 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 image flow nicely and take out stuff that's irrelevant that's like too much information it's like when you write i guess val if you put too many words in or you crop too much yes um, it's not necessary. So you want to tell it as simply, keep your lines simple, keep the image as simple as possible, and then still tell the story. So you can see the difference there where, where I've taken all the guff out and just uh, made the bottom two-thirds flow nicely, leads you to the horizon line, and then you've got that beautiful basilica there that I wish I knew. I wish I, studied, I, st- I, wish I went to geography class in high school. So we'll put uh, so the show notes. You, of course, if you want to see these images, are at ginamilitia.com. And uh, yeah, so don't be afraid to crop your landscape shots as well. You know, especially in your travel shots, because sometimes the cropping can be the difference between a good shot and, and a great shot. So, what are you up to this week? Is there anything else left on cropping that you want to share, Gina? Because we're almost at the end of our episode. Gina Challenge. Oh, yes. Hashtag Gina Challenge. And thank you for everybody who has been participating in Hashtag Gina Challenge. If you're new to the podcast, every week we have Hashtag Gina Challenge and then we have a topic. So, this week it will be Hashtag Good Crop, crop. Bad Crop. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but other times it's, you know, hashtag backlighting or hashtag um, portraits or whatever or hashtag black and white. And so each week we uh, have a different topic and we post our image in the Facebook group. And uh, don't worry if you're catching up on uh, previous episodes. If you want to participate and even if it's many weeks ago or even months ago, as long as you put the right hashtag, hashtag Gina Challenge and then hashtag whatever topic, then we know what you were trying to achieve and we all comment and and have a look at each other's photos. And, of course, the unofficial unofficial hashtag in the uh, podcast community is hashtag feline Friday. (laughs) So on Fridays, cats, some, you know, beautiful portraits of cats occasionally get uploaded. uh, And I think that's good fun. But anyway, yes, this week it's hashtag Gina Challenge, hashtag good crop, bad crop. Would love to see your cropping um, and, you know, interpret that how you will. So I uh, would love to see your cropping and your thought process behind the cropping. But what are you up to this week, Gina? Right. So I've just come off, like, what have I done in the last um, couple? I've done about 
I've gotten about nine shoots to get out to process post production. Oh, yes. So for the rest of the week, that's what I'll be do- doing, and then I'm off to Japan next week, Val. Oh my god! Mm. Wow. Okay, that's exciting. How about you? What have you got? Are you coming back to Melbourne? Uh, no particular plans at this stage, but no doubt I shall see you soon, possibly after you come back from Japan. I'm sure that all of us will be really, really interested in, um, the photos that you're going to be taking in Japan. So we have to do an episode on that. Do a Japan episode for sure. I can't wait. And then you'll be coming to Sydney. So we'll do a Sydney episode. Yes. Yes. All right. So, if you want to join up to Gina's newsletter, remember, it's ginamilitia.com. It's a great newsletter, lots of tips and ideas and Lightroom presets, which you only ever get if you are a subscriber to the newsletter. So, come and join us there and you'll keep up to date with everything that's happening. But until next week, we look forward to chatting to you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.